If this is the first time you're listening, you might want to stop and go back to the previous three episodes for a better understanding of what investigators were being told about what may have happened to a missing five-year-old girl from Northeast Florida. Last time on Into Thin Air. Detectives here have conducted 138 formal and several hundred informal interviews. They've also collected DNA samples from many of those involved in the case. The conclusion, all the evidence and the investigation have minimized the likelihood that a stranger was involved in Haley's disappearance. Today, police took Misty Croslin in for more questioning. She's Haley's dad's girlfriend. Investigators say she has failed to provide a detailed accounting of what happened that night. She continues to say she's told the truth. Within weeks of Haley Cummings' disappearance in the middle of the night from her father's mobile home, investigators were narrowing in on the last person to see the little girl, her father's girlfriend, Misty Croslin. The 17-year-old was babysitting her and Haley's 13-year-old brother while Ronald Cummings was at work. The kindergartner vanished from bed in the early morning hours of February 10, 2009 in Putnam County. John Merchant, the lead investigator on the case at that time, was convinced Misty was not telling them everything. I would say today I spent the most time with Misty than anybody else. Um, Misty has never had the same story. John Merchant, the lead investigator on the case at that time, was convinced Misty was not telling them everything. That she had it stuck in her mind, that she had, she had a story she wanted to tell us. Yet she was tripping up, clearly. Often. And, and, you know, that comes with, you know, telling the truth is easy. Telling a lie is not easy at all. And if you tell a lie, you have to keep telling a lie, and eventually you lose, you lose track of your lie. Two other investigators were also suspicious of the teenager's story that someone managed to get in through a locked door and take the girl as she slept in the same bedroom as her brother and babysitter without waking either of them or making any noise but they hadn't been able to prove Misty had anything to do with the girl's disappearance. Every time we would do an interview with her and she told us a lie, no, yeah, it's, it's a lie, you're right, but what, you can't prosecute them on it because they're lying unless you have proof. We could not prove that anybody did anything to the child. You'd have to have either some physical evidence or some corroboration from, from another person. Was there ever any physical evidence that you remember? No. no. The best information they received pointed to the possibility that Misty Croslin had taken Haley and her brother with her to a party hours before she reported the little girl missing. That party was at a home about 15 miles from the Satsuma neighborhood where the kindergartner lived. The house was a known drug hangout and investigators say some people who attended told them the five-year-old died accidentally of an overdose. There's been some information that came in that, you know, once again, not verified, but there was some information that came in that she, you know, she got a hold of a pill or some type of a narcotic at that party and passed away from it. And then, you know, the body was uh, dumped. To this day, none of it is 100% verified. We've, uh, we actually went into an area just south, southwest of Palatka and drained a pond where, you know, somebody had said that she left this party in the trunk of a car and was put into this pond. We drained the pond and there's no Haley. No body, no physical evidence, meant investigators could not charge anyone. After an exhaustive months-long search, the case hits a dead end. Even though the investigators we interviewed are convinced 
Misty Crosland has the answers to what happened. She knows where the little girl is. I do believe that. Why? She was the last one to see her. She was responsible for her care, custody, and control that night. Um, I don't feel Halo is abducted. I think Misty knows what happened. The 17-year-old denied knowing anything until nearly a year after she disappeared, there's a break in the case. There's a point where there's somewhat of a confession made by Misty. John Merchant says what Misty revealed had him convinced. I told myself that day, let's get ready. Today's today. We're going to recover Haley tonight. I'm Jennifer Waugh. This is episode four of a News for Jacks podcast, Into Thin Air, about the disappearance of five-year-old Haley Cummings 10 years ago from Putnam County, Florida. Teresa Neves has played this video of her granddaughter again and again. That's Haley's little voice. She is sitting on a couch next to her great-grandmother. A baby is in her lap, drinking from a bottle. She was a little mama, and that's what we called her, little mama, because she liked to take care of all the babies. Oh, and she loved to change the diaper and feed the bottle and... <laughs> oh, mama going to take care of you. <laughs> you know, she was just so cute, sassy. Blonde hair, button nose, big brown eyes, the brightest smile you ever want to see. Lights up her room just as pretty as she could be. The fact that Haley had survived birth was a triumph in itself. Doctors had told her family before she was born, Haley was missing a chromosome and had a rare condition known as Turner's syndrome. She would always be different from the other girls her age. That she would always be small. She would never have breasts and she would never have children. She would never have anything that girls had without hormone shots. So, she came and she hardly had anything that you could notice, you know, I mean, so we were really, really blessed with her. <laughs> Neves called Haley their miracle child. She had already beaten so many odds coming into the world, no one could imagine five short years later her life might end missing from bed and gone. By October 2009, all 4,000 leads called into the sheriff's office had been checked. Not one had led to the little girl or to a suspect. And Ronald Cummings' surprise marriage to Misty Crosland, a month after she reported the little girl missing, was now falling apart. The divorce came about primarily because of all the pressure on the two of them. Uh, you know, being married is hard enough, let alone being uh, under a microscope, everything you do every day, all day long. Ronald's attorney insisting it had nothing to do with police scrutiny of Misty. 
He's uh, always thought that she's told the truth. Uh, he has had some current concerns, I'm sorry, uh, regarding what she has said, some discrepancies between different statements, but he has uh, stood by her all along. Their marriage lasted just seven months. Then, in January 2010, a stunning twist in the missing girl's case. Investigators say this video shows drug deal after drug deal involving Misty and Ronald Cummings and an undercover cop. It came to a head yesterday when Ronald and Misty were busted in St. Johns County, all charged with trafficking and prescription drugs. Ronald and Misty are arrested during an undercover sting involving the sale of more than 300 pills of pain medication. John Merchant, the lead detective in Haley's case, was convinced Misty's arrest was the trigger that would end their search for the five-year-old. You know, I, I can remember the briefing that day that, you know, we're fixing to go take them down. And, uh, you know, I, I told myself that day, let's get ready. Today's the day. We're going to recover Haley tonight. He was certain if Misty was hiding anything, she'd talk now to try to cut herself a deal. Misty Cummings isn't going anywhere anytime soon. She's sitting in jail being held on nearly a million dollars bond. If convicted on all six drug charges, Misty could be looking at a 150-year prison sentence. Narcotics detectives appeared to have a strong case. Misty, who was now 18 and considered an adult, had so many pills in her possession, she would be prosecuted for trafficking, not just dealing drugs. And there was video, eight different clips of hidden camera recordings of her making the deals as she's sitting in the passenger seat of a car. In one, you hear her explain how she plans to pass off the pills to the buyer, who's really a cop. He says you can go in the store and spin her to have a bathroom. And you go in there and do what you gotta do and then come out and just, I'll be by the door and you just leave the pills right there and I'll walk you to the bathroom. During another conversation, the undercover officer hands her a wad of cash, which she folds and tucks into her bra. It's difficult to hear, but Misty tells him she's broke. She can't find work because of who she is. Hire me around here. I've tried. I've put applications in everywhere. They will not hire Misty Cross. Ronald Cummings is also seen on a few of the videos. In one, he's counting what appears to be pills, and he is clearly aware of the consequences of getting caught and assumptions people would make about why his five-year-old might have been taken. Because of my daughter, you know, everybody that's ever seen anything about it knows about it. And please don't never tell nobody that I've done this for you. Dude, man, people will go to assuming their first thing was that I was a dope boy and I must have ripped, uh, ripped somebody off or pissed somebody off and that's what happened. Dope boys don't come get your kid like that. Video shows panic on their faces when 11 months after Haley disappeared, detectives swarm the car they're riding in and arrest everyone inside, including Misty's older brother, Hank. He had previously been interviewed about the little girl several times, but had never been charged. Detective Merchant says there was no physical evidence linking him to the missing child, but he had suspected Hank Croslin knew more than he had told investigators. If Haley had died at a drug party in Palatka, as had been reported to investigators, how did the five-year-old, her little brother, and Misty get there? It was 15 miles from Haley's home. Misty didn't have a car. But Merchant says her brother did have access to one that night. Hank Croslin had always denied knowing anything, though, about what happened to Haley Cummings. 
But now he's in trouble on drug charges, and so is his sister. And investigators were willing to negotiate if someone told them where to find the little girl. They're, they were looking at a lot of prison time, and, and, and I can't speak on behalf of a prosecutor, but I'm quite confident that recovering Halo is more important. Did Misty's brother have information about the missing child that he could now use to get himself out of jail on the drug charges? Would Misty try to negotiate a deal to save herself? One thing was for sure, Misty Crosland did not like being in jail, as we heard during visits from her mother. The conversations were recorded. I'm on my one out of here. <laughs> when I'm so bad. I'm stuck in this one little cell all the time. It is, and I just, they won't even let me do anything. Misty was being held in the St. Johns County Jail. She was separated from other inmates. Her mother and father, Hank Sr., visited frequently. Her dad can be heard repeatedly warning her not to lie to investigators about Haley. Missy, don't, don't, be, don't be lying about nothing. Because that's all it's going to do is bury you deeper. All I know, Missy, is you guys need to get to the truth and get this over with. But, I, you know, the Haley stuff has got to come to an end. It's got to, Missy. Whatever the truth is, it's got to come out and... Don't lie about nothing no more. Then, two months later, Misty Crosland suddenly has new information about Haley Cummings, telling investigators she knows where the little girl is. An interview was conducted with some FDLE agents and Misty, and, and she gave some indication of the involvement of her brother and Joe Overstreet, her cousin Joe Overstreet, and that she had knowledge that Haley was dumped in the in the water at the Shell Harbor boat ramp and even described a bag, even described a concrete block, even described a rope. Um, these are pretty explicit details. After 11 months of insisting the five-year-old must have been kidnapped from bed, the babysitter now has a different story and investigators had every reason to believe it. The Shell Harbor boat ramp was less than five miles from where the little girl vanished and had not been previously searched, not by bloodhounds, not by divers, and not by boats. Detective Merchant had already suspected Misty's brother Hank knew more than he was revealing, and her cousin Joe Overstreet had been visiting the Crosland family at the same time that Haley disappeared. In fact, he decided to end that visit and return home to Tennessee the same day Haley was reported missing. Investigators are now rushing to search the water near the Shell Harbor boat ramp. At the time, the public and news media were not told who had pointed them to that part of the river or why. We received a tip yesterday that there was possibly some physical evidence in the Haley Cummings investigation, and uh, we're just following up on that lead to verify it or to, you know, if it isn't true or if it is. Neighbors say deputies are also using cadaver dogs on land. Residents hope the worst hasn't happened. You know, in one aspect, I hope they, it's not her. I'd like to see that she's alive, but you know, but it's time for it to be over. And if some harm has come to her, I hope uh, ever who did it has to pay for it. For the first time in 14 months, Putnam County Sheriff at that time, Jeff Hardy, appears optimistic that finally, the mystery of Haley Cummings' whereabouts is closer to being solved. 
Listen, people are starting to cooperate. That's why I've told people it's going to be just a matter of time. And, uh, and we're going to accept any cooperation that we can, we can get. So uh, again, it's a good thing. People are starting to talk. After the first day of searching, Lieutenant Ben Allen with Fish and Wildlife was one of dozens of members of the search team. He says they found no evidence in the river. No sign of Haley. Investigators flew to Tennessee to interview Misty's cousin, Joe Overstreet, who she said helped put the five-year-old's body in the river. We had two investigators from my agency, two investigators from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and uh, we interviewed him again the other night. We've interviewed him before. He has an attorney, and he's lured up. Joe Overstreet is not talking. Overstreet had already denied knowing anything about the little girl's disappearance when he was interviewed months earlier. Misty's brother Hank also insists he has no idea what happened to the five-year-old and is not happy to hear what his sister is telling investigators about him, as is revealed during a conversation between his father, Hank Sr., and Misty. Probably mad at you for bringing his name up in that. He said he didn't know nothing about him, he was never there, and he don't know why you're saying that about him. By day two of searching, investigator Robert Mathis says the divers are struggling with the water conditions. Finding uh, deer bones and Indian bones and, and chicken bones in water that you can't see your hand in front of your face with a pretty heavy current running through there. There was a bone expert that was actually brought yes, in? Yes, from University of Florida. Um, and he's, he's an anthropologist and his, his expertise is examining bones and determining where they are. That's how we knew some of them were Indian bones from artifacts. They couldn't have done anything more than they did. They were beginning to realize after 14 months in the river with alligators and other marine life, finding a little girl's body would be a long shot. By the third day, they have nothing. Detective Merchant says they tried one last-ditch effort. They had Misty brought from jail to the boat ramp. It was a shock and awe ploy. There were some bones that were found that we, we knew were animal bones, and uh, you know we figured we'd take her out on a dock and let her see how serious it was. He said Misty stood on that boat ramp in handcuffs, looked at the water, looked at the divers. And uh, there was no response, nothing. She said nothing gave no explanation as to why the body she said had been put there could not be found. Then, as she was being driven back to the St. Johns County Jail, investigator Robert Hardwick, who was with her in the car, says he will never forget what she told him. She's like, never mind, I'm, I'm not telling the truth. I mean, just, I, I, I didn't get it. We would spend so much manpower and so much time. Days of searching the anticipation and hope that the mystery would be solved. And Misty Crosland now says she wasn't telling the truth when she accused her brother and cousin of throwing Haley's body into the river. John Merchant couldn't believe it. I was very surprised. I really thought that was our day. You know, to, to say that you're there, that you witnessed something and, and you, you know, your original account is you woke up in the middle of the night and and Haley's missing, and then now you're saying, well, I watched my brother and Joe Overstreet take her out of the house. That's, that's confessing that you didn't tell the truth the first time and that you do have knowledge of what happened. Misty Croslin 
never told investigators anything else about Haley Cummings' disappearance. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison for trafficking in prescription medication. Hank Crosland was sentenced to 15 years on similar charges. With their prison sentences came a somber reality for the investigators. What were your thoughts about whether or not you'd really ever find out what truly happened to Haley? We were pretty sure we never would. Once, once the pressure from, from that was, was gone because it was a, a done deal, um, we really didn't think we'd ever find out what happened to her. Ten years later, investigators are no closer to knowing the truth. Robert Mathis has only a theory. I think that somebody gave the child some drugs or the child got some drugs accidentally, either to put the child to sleep so she would be quiet or the child got the drugs himself and she died. And people panicked and had to get rid of the body. I think she was gone before Ronald got home and called the police. If that child went in the river, we're never gonna find her. That's a big river. Um, if she'd been buried someplace in a shallow grave in the woods, then maybe we'd find her body. But if she went in the river, we're not gonna find her. Did Haley die at the party where she was reportedly seen the night she disappeared? Or did something happen to her at home? We may never know. But retired investigator Robert Mathis and the lead detective at the time, John Merchant, do not believe that the five-year-old was murdered. What do you think happened to Haley? You know, it, it, it's a theory only. Um, you know, there's nothing to indicate uh, a violent crime scene. She's not here today. I don't feel that Haley's alive. And I feel that it, it's a possibility that it was an accidental death. I don't know that. But that's the only theory that I can come up with that's a possible. Haley's great-grandmother, Annette Sykes, has never accepted that theory. He did not have one ounce of proof of any kind whatsoever to the fact that she was deceased. It was his opinion that she's deceased. Well, it's my opinion that she's not. So therefore, we're waiting on Haley to come home. She is reminded every single day of her great-granddaughter. When you walk into her mobile home, a wall in the center of the living room is covered with cards and pictures of the five-year-old. Stuffed animals left for the little girl during the countless vigils held in her honor are piled neatly side by side on several bookshelves. Her school made stuff for her. People sent cards and letters. You it kept was, them all this time? Yes. When she comes home, they'll all be here for her. There are unwrapped Christmas presents, it, Valentine's Day boxes, and Easter yeah. baskets on the floor for all the holidays all Haley missed with her cousins. Every year at Christmas, she gets Christmas gifts just like all the rest of them. She gets 
Easter baskets, just like all the rest of them. You have to not ever forget. You know, you can't ever forget. You know, after a while, they forget. People forget. They quit looking. And we need people to still look for Haley. I mean, she's not home yet. And remember, on that day, somebody took our little girl away. And we want them to bring her home. The people of Putnam County have not forgotten. Haley's name is still posted on the sign outside Hills Hardware Store in Pomona Park, about seven miles from where Haley was last seen. Kathy Sheffield and her husband Rodney are the owners. We want to remind the community we've got a missing child. She is out there somewhere. Somebody, somebody knows something. And we want them to be reminded every day that she's not forgotten. Ten years. And yes. It will stay on that sign till she is found. It will stay. Their grandparents, the thought of anyone losing a child, brings Rodney to tears. Let's say it. I'm sorry. Somebody somewhere knows something. And I just hope that they'll run by this door enough times that some at some point they'll break. And, and we will find out what really happened to that child. She needs closure. The family needs closure. Needs closure. It's something investigators hoped they'd be able to bring to the people of Putnam County. To this day, the only case that I've never solved is this one. You know, I'll never forget 21009. Never forget it. I mean, that's a, was it was a case that uh, has changed our lives. Two years ago, someone kidnapped me. Now they keep me where I don't want to be. I want to come home back where I belong. On February 10th of each year, Annette Sykes writes her great-granddaughter a poem. I dream of being with my daddy and brother, also with my sister and mother. I've missed so much since they took me away. Easter's and Thanksgiving's, Christmas and birthdays. This one is called Haley's Wish. Regret runs deep within her family. Teresa Neves has never stopped wondering if there were any warning signs that she should have picked up on as a grandmother. I just don't know anymore. You know, I guess I don't know what I missed. I don't know what I missed. A lifetime of what ifs, especially for Annette Sykes. Haley and Junior were sitting on the front porch eating supper when I got there and they jumped down out of their chair and ran out there and greedy, 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 and hugged my neck and gave me a kiss, and, and I kissed them goodbye. I didn't know that was the last time I'd ever see her. Or I would never have left. To know that a few hours later she was gone. Nobody knew where or why. If I'd only stayed there. She is now battling stage four lung cancer. Her wish is to see her great-granddaughter one more time before she's gone. But none of those do I miss as much as I miss my daddy's tender touch. 
his love that welcomed me that night I was born, and his arms that held me and kept me warm, the smile on his face in the morning light, his kiss on my cheek when he said good night. I ask all of you who faithfully pray, please ask God to bring me home today. Haley's father, Ronald Cummings, was sentenced to 15 years in prison for drug trafficking. He is currently being held at Lake Correctional Institution in Claremont, Florida, where he's scheduled to be released in January of the year 2023. He declined my request for an interview and has always denied knowing anything about what happened to his daughter. He was working the night she disappeared. Misty Crosland is being held at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala, Florida. Her release date is August 2032. I emailed her requesting an interview before episode one of this podcast. She responded in part by writing, I am potentially interested in helping in any way possible for Haley's sake. I want to know and get to the bottom of this just as much, if not more, than the community. With that being said, however, I refuse to be bashed or have the information I provide be manipulated into producing a fairy tale of possibilities about me being a part of an involvement in her disappearance. I love Haley and wish desperately for any advancement and safe return of her back to the family. I have not heard from Misty Croslin again. If you know anything about five-year-old Haley Cummings' disappearance from Satsuma, Florida, February 10, 2009, call Crime Stoppers at 888-277-TIPS, 888-277-8477. There is a $15,000 reward for any information that leads to an arrest. You can remain anonymous. This News for Jack's podcast was produced by Jennifer Waugh. Associate producers are Eric Wallace and Garrett Pelican. Videographers are Chris O'Rourke and Joe Drum. Editor is Mike Jones. You can watch the interviews and news stories about this missing person's case on newsforjacks.com. Mm-hmm.